Hi guys. Welcome back. Hi. Happy Monday morning. Um, if I look like, and if Laura looks like, we are dressed in the same clothes that we were in two weeks ago. It's because we are. Uh, we are recording this immediately after we recorded the Gateway Experience. So, um, yeah, we're still in the we we're still in the same clothes. I swear to God, we do laundry. We do change our clothes. I promise. Um, but we're also not changing them. We didn't change them for Loch Ness Monster either. So, welcome to this week's snack size episode it is my turn again and um laura you know this story i know you know it because i actually think we talked about it but i'm going to tell everybody everybody else i'm going to tell everybody else yes all right about the weird um the weird um, I don't even know what to call it. Ma, uh, are you going to tell them? <laughs> hold on. My ducks are not quite in a row. I don't quite know what to call it. Um, I'm going to be talking about a case of folly adieu, which is a shared delusion. Ah. Yes. And um, this is going to be the story of the Erickson twins. You know it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So my sources for this episode are vice.com and wikipedia.com. Now, this is really more of a true crime story, but folly adieu, am I saying that completely fucked up? It's French. Ooh, no, no, it means... Mm-hmm. You're smirking. I'm saying it totally Americanized, aren't I? No, you're good. You're good. Okay. Okay, so basically it's a shared delusion between two people, but it could actually be a delusion that's shared between more than two. So like a toi... Uh, I don't know, a four, folly a four, I don't know. Um, and then a whole family. Folly to the fifth power. Yeah, yeah whatever it is. We're getting into fucking, mm-hmm. you know, exponents. It's getting hard, hard now. But even whole families can have a shared delusion. So I thought it was just kind of a really weird story. And this one is fucking bananas. It's really fucking crazy. So let's get into it. So... It's about Sabina Eriksson and her identical twin sister, Ursula Eriksson. Uh, They were born in Sweden on November 3rd, 1967, and they grew up in Sunni Varmland. I'm saying that totally wrong, but sorry. Uh, They had an older sister named Mona and an older brother named Bjorn. Um, In their youth, there was no apparent history of mental health issues or criminal convictions. Uh, By the year 2000, Ursula was living in the United States while Sabina was living in um, County Cork, Ireland with her husband and their two children. That is literally all the background I could find on them. That's it. That's all we got. So we're just going to jump right into um, what happened in 2008. So Ursula, the sister that lived in the United States, she visited Sabina, the sister in Ireland who was married with children, um, on Friday, May 16th in 2008. But for reasons that were unclear, the sisters secretly departed Sabina's home for Liverpool, England. Not sure what Liverpool did, but sorry to them. Um, They probably traveled by ferry, although nobody on that ferry actually came forward reporting that they'd seen um, them on it with them. But they arrived in Liverpool at 8.30 in the morning on Saturday, and they went to Saint, straight to the police station in St. Anne, um, or to St. Anne Street Police Station. Apparently, they wanted to um, report concerns over safety of Sabina's children um, and their welfare with their father, who they literally just left in Ireland 
left the children with the father that they were now com- going to England to complain about and file a report on. Mm-hmm. Right out of the gate, none of it makes sense. So Liverpool police contacted Dublin to follow up on the request, learning that Sabina had had a fight with her husband the previous night. At around 11.30 a.m. that morning, the sisters then boarded a National Express coach and headed to London. Again, nobody on that bus came forward to say that they saw them on it. So the sisters left the bus at Keel Services, which actually wasn't a scheduled rest stop, um, either because they were feeling unwell, as they told police and in the police report that was eventually filed after everything that goes on to happen um or because as the bus driver had claimed they were acting erratically the latter story goes that they both held on to their bags um having refused to put them in the luggage hold and that the driver asked to search their luggage when they refused they were ordered off of the bus so once at the services um they headed to the back of the complex and so the services like the the station like area mm-hmm. So once at the services, they headed to the back of the complex. The services manager was also alarmed by their behavior and called the police. Her concerns were that the twins were carrying explosives because they weren't letting these bags go. They weren't letting anyone mm-hmm. look at them. They weren't dropping them, setting them down, nothing. So the police came to speak to the women. Um, they were convinced they posed no threat of harm either to the, themselves or anybody else, and they were allowed to leave. What happened next is utterly bananas. I can't say it enough. It's uh, it's just insane. So, <clears throat> as seen on, uh, and you guys can look this up, it's on the internet. I did. I don't recommend it. It's not something I'll forget anytime soon. But, as seen on closed-circuit television cameras, the twins departed the services on foot and began to walk down the central reservation of the M6. So, that is what they call um, in, um, interstates uh, mm-hmm. in England. Um, the Super motorway. Busy freeway. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, basically like the fucking I-10. So they began to walk down the center of the motor, of M is for motorway, motorway six, before attempting to cross it, causing chaos to traffic and picking up minor injuries in the attempt to cross a major freeway. Now, Sabina was struck by um, a, a car I've never heard of, but a small car. <laughs> um, so at that point, highway agency like officers. <laughs> yeah, kind of. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so um, uh, highway agency officers responded to the incident and police from the Central Motorway Police Group were called in to assist. The police were accompanied by a small television crew who happened to be filming motorway cops with the officers, which was England's version of cops here in the States. Oh, that's the best thing ever. Yeah. So they happened to be filming this TV show. So standing on the north direction, um, the hard shoulder of the motorway, motorway, police were being apprised of the situation when, without warning, the other sister, now remember, Sabina's been struck by a car, but she popped right back up. I don't know how that happened, but sure. 
So the other sister, Ursula, broke free of um, the cops had her like were hanging on to her. She broke free and she ran into traffic, back into traffic and into the side of an oncoming Mercedes Benz box truck traveling at around 56 miles per hour. Ran right into the side of it. Her sister then quickly followed her again into the road, and she was hit head-on by a Volkswagen Polo traveling at high speed. Both of them survived. Ursula, the one that ran into the side of the box truck, she had her legs crushed, and uh, the other sister who got hit by the Volkswagen spent 15 minutes unconscious. The pair were treated by paramedics. However, Ursula, the one who had both of her legs broken by the truck, she resisted medical aid by spitting, scratching, and screaming. She told police officers restraining her, I recognize you. I know you're not real. And then Sabina, the one that got hit by the Volkswagen, was unconscious for 15 minutes. She was now conscious, and she shouted, they're going to steal your organs. So to the surprise of police, right, to the surprise of police, Sabina got to her feet despite several attempts by police officers to persuade her to stay on the ground. She started screaming for help and calling for the police, even though they were present. She had then hit one officer in the face before running into traffic again on the other side of the motorway. Emergency workers and several members of the public caught up with her, restrained her, and carried her to a waiting ambulance, at which point she was handcuffed and sedated. Given the similarities in their behaviors, a suicide pact or drug use was immediately suspected. So Ursula, again, the one with the shattered legs, was taken to hospital by air ambulance. Sabina was taken to hospital where, despite her ordeal and an apparent lack of of concern over her sister's injuries soon became calmer and controlled and was released five hours later. No check in on the sister. No poke your head in. Hey, are you good? Uh, Cause I'm about to head out of here. Okay. This was fun. We, we'll do it again later. Like none of that. She was just like, I'm leaving. Goodbye. Uh, no goodbye. Even she just left. And no mental health check. Nothing. But I get to that. Wow. Okay. Mm -hmm. Come on. So in police custody, she remained relaxed and even a little flirty. So while being processed, because she was immediately arrested, like they released her and they were like, but we're arresting you because you were being a public nuisance. Menaced. Yeah. Kind of weird. So... She remained relaxed and even a little flirty with officers. While being processed, she told an officer, quote, We say in Sweden that an accident rarely comes alone. Usually at least one more follows, maybe two. That's not concerning or creepy at all, especially given what happened. So, on May 19th, she was released from court without a full psychiatric evaluation, having pleaded guilty to the charges of trespass on the motorway and hitting a police officer. The court sentenced her to one day in custody, which she had been deemed to have served, having spent a full night in police custody. So they were like, all right, you're free to go. Packed all of her stuff in a clear bag and sent her on her way. So leaving court, Sabina began to wander the streets of Stoke-on-Trent, trying to locate her sister in the hospital. So apparently now she's concerned about the sister. Mm -hmm. She was carrying her possessions, like I said, in a clear plastic bag that was given to her by police. She was also wearing her sister's green top. 
So at 7 o'clock that evening, two local men spotted Sabina while walking their dog on Christchurch Street in Fenton. One of the men was 54-year-old Glenn Hollinshead, a self-employed welder, qualified paramedic, and a former RAF airman. The other was his friend Peter Malloy. Peter apparently didn't have any job worth mentioning in this particular <laughs> article. Like, and Peter was sucked. All right. Good. <laughs> Dead friend. Peter was a scrub. Peter <laughs> Peter was not training his reticular activating system to look for the good in life, apparently. Right. Um, <laughs> Sabina appeared friendly and she stroked the dog as the, th- the three struck up a conversation. Although she was friendly, she did appear to be behaving nervously, which worried Malloy, who, um, you know, was the, you know, deadbeat ne'er-do-well. Mm-hmm. Um, also, we're kidding, guys. We don't know. He wasn't. We're not sure. He just there was literally nothing else on this guy. The friend. Yeah, he's probably lovely. Probably lovely. Yeah. He, you know what? He might work for the royal family. Anyway, um, so now we're just spreading straight up lies about this guy. Rumors. Sabina asked the two men for directions to any nearby bed and breakfast or hotels. So Holland's head, the one that has had way too many jobs to Malloy's zero, um, took pity on her and instead offered to take her back to his house at nearby Duke Street. So she accepted and um, she relaxed as she began to relate how she was trying to locate her hospitalized sister. Back at the house over drinks, her odd behavior continued as she constantly got up and looked out of the window, leading Malloy to assume that she had run away from an abusive partner. Okay, that's kind of him to think that maybe, you know, it, it wasn't anything, like he didn't jump to suspicions immediately. Right. So she appeared paranoid too. Um, she would offer the men cigarettes only to quickly snatch them out of their mouths, claiming they may be poisoned. Um, shortly before midnight, Malloy left. She's not wrong. I mean, listen, maybe they are. Um, <laughs> shortly before midnight, Malloy left and Sabina stayed the night. So the next day around midday, Hollins had called his brother regarding local hospitals in order to locate Sabina's sister, Ursula. 7.40 p.m. A meal, while a meal was being prepared, Hollins had left the house to ask his neighbor, Frank Booth, for tea bags and then went back inside. One minute later, he staggered outside, now bleeding, and told the neighbor, Frank Booth, she stabbed me before he collapsed to the ground and quickly died from his injuries. His last words before he died, allegedly, were, look after my dog for me. Oh, I know. Um, so as Booth dialed 999, which for you folks in America is 911 in England, um, as he, he dialed 999, Sabina fled the premises and was caught on the run on nearby CCTV. She ran out of the house with a hammer, periodically hitting herself over the head with it. Ooh. Uh-huh. A passing motorist by the name of Joshua Gradage saw this and decided to tackle her in an attempt to take control of the hammer. While wrestling with him, she screamed and took a roof tile out of her pocket and struck him on the back of the head with it, stunning him temporarily. What kind of big-ass pants is she wearing <laughs> that she can just keep a roof tile in her pocket and nobody's noticing? Is this I like mean, 1994? Does she have raver pants? Listen, <laughs> <laughs> is this the is this the fucking early 90s where MC Hammer pants are like all the rage? Anyway, 
So she hits him on the head with it, stunning him temporarily. By this time, paramedics had found her and gave chase. Now, a lot of people are chasing this woman now. So the uh, paramedics are chasing her. The neighbor, uh, a passing motorist, is chasing her. And then um, a neighbor was chasing her. So... um, by the time the paramedics joined the chase, the pursuit ended at Heron Cross when Sabina jumped from a 40-foot high bridge onto another freeway. Really like Sose. I mean, listen, um, she broke both ankles and she fractured her skull in the fall and she was taken to the hospital. So this all happened on May 19th, May 19th, 20th. Um, on dee, 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 whoops, I skipped past on June 6th. So a couple weeks later, she was arrested while recovering at University Hospital of North Staffordshire and was discharged in a wheelchair on um, September 11th, 2008. So we're recording this on September 11th. Uh, so what is that? Do math for me because I don't 15 like 15 years. There you go. This all happened 15 years ago today. Anyway, she was discharged in a wheelchair, um, at which point she was taken into custody. I saw the look on your face where you were like, discharged? What's happening? Uh, I'm like, why do they keep letting this bitch go? (laughs) (laughs) Um, She was taken into custody and charged with murder the same day. So Ursula was also released from the hospital in September, and she relocated back to Sweden um, uneventfully and then uh, to the U.S. So she was like... Good luck. Good luck. I, I was recovering from crushed legs. You were doing I don't really know what. Um, but you didn't come bother to come see me, so <laughs> go with God. I don't... With my other crazy people in the U.S. <laughs> right? <laughs> so uh, the trial was scheduled for February 2009, but was adjourned for after the court encountered difficulties in obtaining her medical records from Sweden. So they ended up pushing it back a whole year to September 2009. So she was taken into custody September 2008. She was going to have a trial in February 2009. They couldn't get the medical records, and so then the trial picked up in September 2009. She pleaded guilty to manslaughter with diminished responsibility on September 2nd, having stabbed her victim five times with a kitchen knife. At no point during her interrogation or during the trial did she explain her actions, only replying no comment to extensive police questioning. Similarly, at no time was the video from the um, M6, so when she jumped into that motorway, used his evidence in court, um, her and the sister, they didn't use that evidence. Um, where did I? Oh, both the prosecution and the defense claimed that Sabina was insane at the time of the killing, although she had become sane again by the time of her trial. The defense counsel in the trial claimed that Erickson was a secondary sufferer to Faliadu. And she was influenced by the presence um, or perceived presence of her twin sister, the primary sufferer. Um, I'm going to get into a little bit more about what that is in just a sec. So the court had also heard that she had suffered from a a rare psychiatric disorder, which made her hear voices, but could not interpret what they said, as well as an alternative theory that she had suffered from acute polymorphic delusional disorder. Her plea was accepted by the prosecution, and um, on September 2nd, Judge Saunders concluded that Sabina had a low level of culpability for her actions, stating, quote, I understand that this sentence will deem 
will seem entirely inadequate to the relatives of the deceased. However, I have sentenced on the basis that the reason for the killing was the mental illness and therefore the culpability of the defendant is low and therefore I, the sentence I have passed is designed to protect the public. It is not designed to reflect the grief the relatives have suffered or to measure the value of Mr. Hollinshead's life. No sentence that I could pass could do that. It is a sentence which I hope fairly measures a a truly tragic event. Sabina was suffering from delusions, which she believed to be true, and they dictated her behavior. It is not one of those cases where the defendant could have done something to avoid the onset. So Sabina was sentenced to five years in prison. Five years after all of that. Um, She was sent to Bronzefield Women's Prison, where she turned to Christianity, as they all do. Uh, Having already spent 439 days in custody before sentencing, this left her eligible for release in 2011, which she was. So many questions were left unanswered. Some called for an investigation into the way the criminal justice system handled the matter, including Peter Malloy, the friend. So apparently now he, you know, he doesn't have a job worth mentioning and a uh, I guess the fact that he left her with his friend, it people thought he should have done something, especially when he noticed her behavior was disturbing Erratic. to yeah. him. Yeah. So um, many people called for an investigation into um, the way he handled the matter and the way the um, police on the motorway handled the matter. Uh, Glenn Holland's head's brother Gary was critical of the justice system, which he viewed as enabling the murder, stating, quote, we don't hold her responsible, the same as we wouldn't blame a rabid dog for biting someone. She is ill and to a large degree not responsible for her actions. But her mental disorder should have been recognized much earlier. I do Mm -hmm. question the criminal justice system for allowing somebody like this to be let out when she is capable of committing such a crime. Her mental condition should have been properly assessed after what she did on the motorway and the experiences police had. Her mental disorder should have been picked up prior to her being let out into the community. My brother saw Erickson in distress and was just trying to help. He wasn't slow coming forward to help somebody in distress. It was in his nature. He was trying to help. He would help anybody. If he saw a fight in the street and the guy was losing, he would help. And he's wrong. He's not wrong. You said so just a few minutes ago. No psychiatric, nothing. No, that's crazy. Nothing. And if they had kept her in the hospital on like, I don't know if England has like 5150 holds or some of these other, but if they had done that, this guy might not have died. Oh, yeah, for sure. So what's interesting is on December 6, 2012, some footage that was uploaded anonymously to the internet um, that should significantly change the understanding of the events 10 years ago. So shot in the same time at the same time as the footage that aired in both traffic cops and madness in the fast lane. It's the, the show um, that was following, you know, the police around, this is their footage. So it shows two police officers that day in the motorway when they kept running into traffic and one got hit by a truck and she was getting hit by Volkswagens and it was that day. And it shows two police officers standing in the shoulder of the M6 after the motorway incident, agreeing that the sisters should be given 
Oh, sorry. They do. I just answered my own question. Maybe if I've read my own notes. Agreeing that the sister should be given a 136, which is a clause within the Mental Health Act that means police can hold a person on the account of their mental health. (laughs) I'm new to podcasting. I don't know what I'm doing. Um... As well as having to give the de- the detainee a mental health assessment. The police discussed this. Neither of those things happened. It is believed that the police requested that the BBC Mentorn Productions company who shot the footage remove that segment from film. What this means is that Sabina should never have been released after just one day, meaning Glenn Holland's head would never have met her, meaning Glenn Holland's head. Holland's head never would have been stabbed. So, a folie a deux is um, French for a folly of two or madness shared by two. It's additionally known as a shared psychosis or shared um, delusional disorder. It's a rare psychiatric syndrome in which symptoms of delusional belief and sometimes hallucinations are transmitted from one individual to another. The same syndrome can be shared by more than two people called like I said, a folie a trois, three or quatre, four further, folly in famille, family madness, or even folia plus years. More. Yeah, madness. Many. Yes, ma- several. Yeah, that's a madness of several. Um, the disorder first conceptualized in 19th century French psychiatry. Now, recent psychiatric classifications refer to the syndrome as shared psychotic disorder and induced delusional disorder, although research um, literature largely uses the original name, which is shared uh, delusion. This this disorder is not in the current fifth edition of the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual Manual of Mental Disorders, or the DSM-5, which considers the criteria to be insufficient or inadequate. It also does not consider shared psychotic disorder as a separate entity. Rather, the physician should classify it as a delusional disorder or in the other specified schizophrenia spectrum and other psychotic disorders. So basically, there are so many psychotic disorders, they have an other category. Jeez. So Ursula was never charged with the one that broke her legs. Um, She was never charged with the crime herself, and she is now a member of the Sacred Heart Church in Bellevue, Washington. Um, As to why Glenn Holland's head was stabbed, it is unlikely we will ever know. Since her release from prison in 2011, Sabina Erickson has disappeared, and her whereabouts are unknown. And that is the (laughs) bananas. That's fucking comforting. (laughs) Is it? Right? And she has bought a home... In the foothills of Awatuki. <laughs> um, yeah, it's uh, that is such a nut story. And um, I, the way we're recording, Laura just did Stockholm Syndrome last week. So it's like, mm-hmm. oh my God, wait a minute, hang on, we're doing too many mental health things. And then I'm like, what's Actually, going on no. with these Swedes? <laughs> what is going on with them? What the actual fuck? Um, maybe Come on. Ma- maybe she was, you know, the one in charge of being like, oh, send out his friend to help him with the bank. Ra- that made, that sounds a great idea. We should do that. Come on, I'll let you out. Come on, I'll drive you to the bank. So basically, what is with these sweets? <laughs> Just kidding. Um, but sort of. Uh, anyway, so that's it for me, guys. Laura, you are up again next week. It just we're just knocking them out. We're knocking them out. We're knocking them out. Um, uh, as these are coming out, guys, Laura is actually not going to be in town. She is going to be on vacation with her family. So we're doubling up on recordings. 
And uh, yeah, uh, to that end, um, have the week you'll have. Um, please don't share delusions with people. I share delusions with Laura on the weekly. And look what it's done to us. Take heed. Take heed. It's not worth it, kids. It's not worth it. <laughs> um, but yeah, like I said, have the week you'll have. We will see you next week with a brand new episode. And that's all I have. Goodbye. Bye. <laughs>